millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Peter Dowdell, theirishgardener.com, uh, joining me on this Wednesday afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon, Trish. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And um, we had a couple of a wild few days with all of the storms. And actually, we had some people earlier uh, this morning talking about the storm damage and in particular talking about trees. And I referenced you. Now, after storms like that, is the time to take a look at trees in the garden, isn't it? To make sure that, they, that while they mightn't have come down, they could have got damaged. Absolutely, and they could have been loosened, and it really is. And I suppose every year at this time of the year, Trish, we kind of we talk about this, and and also the importance of of planting new trees. Now, if you're planting new trees, to be so careful of staking them properly, because you know you you may look at what you're planting, and it, may, it might look at like no more than a twig in the ground. But bear in mind, in in twenty, fifty, and a hundred years' time, that'll be a substantial tree, and and you don't want it to fall on your house. Like we saw that picture last week. I don't know where it was in the country with the tree that fell in the house and the damage it did. Um, so yeah, so any trees, any established mature trees that you have in the garden, if there's any question over any of them, I would get a a, a, a reputable and, and recommended tree surgeon out to look at them and to see if there's any work. Because if you get work done now, yeah, okay, it might cost you a few bob, but 
it, it'll be much less than if the tree comes down on top of your car, your house, or God forbid, any human. So yeah, do do take action now. Um, and also, as I say, when you're planting new trees, do please, stakes aren't there just for decoration. The stakes are there to anchor the, the tree in the soil properly. OK, and then uh, we've so many questions in for you uh, today, but so many we're all having the same problem and it is to do with uh, moss uh, including Jim when is the right time to start treating moss is it too early now and then Con in Bandon sums up major problem with moss in the lawn I've tried a number of treatments some will kill the moss but they just make the lawn look black so anything else that I can use and you could recommend would be welcomed and someone else is making the point that over this autumn and winter for some reason their garden is just full of moss and that person has a very large uh, garden what do you recommend for moss on lawns i do you know i put up a picture uh, trish last week or over the weekend on instagram on uh, my own page irish gardener of a close-up of moss it was nearly like a macro you know the the wonders of, of smartphones you couldn't you couldn't there's no way you could make out the detail with the naked eye but it, they're so beautiful my moss is so gorgeous the way it was holding the water now i, I understand <laughs> that talking to these colors they're, they're going to struggle to see the beauty in it but so yeah the, it probably is more of a problem this year than in previous years because we haven't had any cold weather it's been warm and damp throughout the winter uh, and of course there's conditions that moss loves and also uh, with moss going black when you put something on it and the moss turns black it's kind of a counterproductive uh, approach. You see, you're you're using the, the the products that turn the moss black in the garden are all based on sulfate of iron. So sulfate of iron, which is in lawn sand and it's in a lot of these uh, triple action products, you know, lawn weed and weed feed and moss killers. The 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 sulfate of iron, yes, it'll kill the moss, but it acidifies the soil. It lowers the pH of the soil, which in the longer term it will create a pro- moss problem because moss loves an acidic soil. So. Really what you want to do, like with everything to do with lawns, is to get it right. It's what's below the soil, not what's above the soil. So you need to get the pH correct. So it needs to be slightly alkaline. So 7 is neutral. So it wants to be above 7, between 7 and 8 ideally, which is the ideal condition, the ideal pH for good grass growth and moss won't tolerate it. So in the first place, that's, that's what you need to constantly bear in mind. And remember always that sulfate of iron will do the opposite, no matter what the marketing on the bag will say. So... Uh, also scarifying it which is we're coming now to the month of March it's the perfect time to scarify it so if anyone who doesn't know what that means or hasn't done it it's like taking a mechanical rake to the lawn where you're you're physically ripping up the moss and you're the thatch you know the thatch is this build up of of kind of dead and dying debris around the base of the grass at the top of the soil so to scarify it ideally once a year is, is one of the best ways of, of keeping on top of moss and making sure ideally that the, the, the soil is well aerated you can do that by actually getting an aerator and doing it once a year uh, and, and then constantly staying on top of the pH. So the Lawn Gold, which is the Irish product that I'm always recommending, is made up in Galway, will do just that. It will uh, maintain the correct pH and also give the right nutrient mix to the grass, making sure that the grass is strong, which, of course, is the best way to stop the moss from colonizing in the first place. But you do have to bear in mind always that um, it's a pardon the pun, Trish, but it's a perennial problem. Uh, we do have a warm and damp climate. Moss loves uh, warm and damp conditions and unworked soil. So in other words, if you're, you'll never see moss colonizing in an area where the ground has been constantly raked or, or dug over. It's only on unworked soil. And of course, the soil under grass has never been worked mm-hmm. as such. So it's an ideal conditions for, for moss to grow. And it might explain why some listeners are saying it seems to be this year wor- worse than ever because we've had a relatively mild winter. 
of extremely, relatively extremely mild winter. Yeah. Um, I mean, you look at it, you've, you've, you've daffodils, which should be in flower for Daffodil Day at the end of March. They're in full flower now yeah. in February, a lot of them. Yeah, it's been very, very mild. So yeah, that is why the moss problem is worse. OK, best of luck to everybody with their moss issue. Liz says, I've got a Portuguese laurel that I treated for blight last year. It's still a bit shook looking. What can I do to bring it on? It was planted about six or seven years ago. But if you treated it for blight, you probably use the copper sulphate. So um, now coming into the spring, it, it, it probably is looking a bit shook because it, it hasn't done any, hasn't had a chance to do any growing during the winter. So now that it's coming into the spring, I'd expect you you should, it should begin to start looking better all on its own. But give it a feed, give it a good seaweed feed around the base of it, uh, either a liquid or a granular seaweed feed and maybe a bit of, bit of compost, a bit of soil, uh, good soil to add to improve the texture all around it. Uh, and I, I'd be, I would say, like the Nature Safe Liquid Seaweed, which is the the Atlantic Seaweed one, that's a good one to use because it, it's organic and that will drive on growth relatively quickly. Kathy is in Kilworth. She has a red robin shrub. It's about three foot high. Planted f- four or five years ago. Can I move it? Some are saying I can't, and others are saying I can't. What does Peter advise? Well, the textbook answer is yes, you can. You can, of course, move it in that you can move any any existing shrub from one part of the garden to another, but it comes with an inherent risk. Now, if it's been in there five or six years, as she says, you know, the risk is substantial. Uh, and the other thing is, if we're really gone past the window of moving it. Um, you'd normally say it's traditionally, Trish, if you remember where they say once with an R in the year, but I wouldn't go quite that far that I would like wouldn't include March and April in, in a time to be moving things. Um, so if you can get it done immediately, and again, it ties in with what we're just talking about because the plants want to be completely dormant, fast asleep when you're moving them. Uh, and that, that dormancy is, is bought, number, bought on, number one, by lowering light levels during the winter months, but also by lowering temperatures. And as we said, the temperatures haven't really dipped that low this year, not for any extended period of time anyway. So moving things this winter in particular is going to be more fraught with risk, if you like, because it's not cold enough. So if we do get, and I know they're forecasting minus two, I think, over the next few nights. Yeah, tonight in particular is going to be particularly bad, yeah. Yeah, so like if we were to get a run of that, which on the other hand, I hope we don't. (laughs) But but from the garden, if you wanted to move something, you'd want a few days of those low temperatures, move it immediately uh, and have it, or move it and have its new home ready for it immediately. But you might be honest, be honest with you, you might be better off waiting till next winter. Yeah, okay. Eileen in Yall has blood red hydrangeas. Well, they were blood red, but in recent years they've started turning pink and even slightly different colours. What's the cause and what can be done? Because she likes the blood red ones. The. I, I'm, I'm struggling on this one because normally when the. the, the if you add, if you acidify the soil, in other words, you'll turn it, you're more likely to turn it blue. But I think with those blood red ones, I, I think, I'm open to correction on this now, Trish, but from memory, I think if the blood red ones are, are turning more of a, a wishy-washy pink, I think I'm right in saying that that um, by adding some iron to it, sulfate of iron will help to bring back that, that really rich, dark red. Um, I wouldn't add the aluminium sulfates that's what what's sold as a hydrangea colorant because that'll that will just make it more blue so i think sulfate of iron or sequestered iron is what i would use in that case do use it we'll know then come end of summer early autumn whether i was right or not but i i'm fairly sure that that's the best thing to put on it okay hi uh peter i found a bag of tulips 
that I forgot to plant. Can I plant them now? I've just found them in my shed. Absolutely. <laughs> plant away. Provided, provided they're still firm and they're not gone soft or, or mushy, plant away. I mean, you've nothing at all to lose. They will come good. They'll probably be a bit later, uh, but they won't survive if you hold on to them next autumn anyway. Sean wants to know, is now the time to prune a climbing hydrangea and lavender? Lavender, yes, but don't, don't prune it too hard. Lavender hates to be cut back too hard. Um, if you, lavender is one of these plants that needs to be regularly cut back, regularly trimmed, uh, I suppose, as opposed to being cut back because it, it does tend to get woody and leggy in this in this climate. Our soil and weather is too good for it. Uh, and, but to prevent it doing that, give it regular trimmings two or three times during the year between kind of flowering bursts, if you like. Uh, if you leave it get woody and then cut it back hard, it'll just turn up with those and die on you, I'm afraid. Um, with the climbing hydrangea, no, I wouldn't cut that back. You rarely need to cut it back. So if, I suppose if it's a question of if he's asking, uh, is it the time to cut it back because it's growing into somewhere where he doesn't want to, like a lot of climbers can? Well, then, yes, it doesn't really matter when you do it then because you you just need to keep it in check. But if you just want to prune it that it's growing a bit too far out from the wall or something like that, which would be unusual with a climbing hydrangea, uh, I would say no because you're going to sacrifice the flowers for this year if you do that. Uh, I would do that directly after flowering would be the best time to do it. Hi, this is from Teresa. When is the right time to plant potatoes and onion sets outdoors? Well, you're coming into it now. It's still a bit early. Uh, I would say your potato set, your potato, seed potatoes outdoors would be next month. You traditionally have the first earlies in by Patrick's Day, which is obviously the 17th of March. Uh, and the main crops then will go in any time after that, right through April. Uh, onion sets, you could certainly have them in now, but if you haven't got them in yet, you've still got plenty of time. Any time during March will be fine. Is it okay to set a Prunus circansa? Now, Kanzan, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and do I put compost around it when planting? So, if, if is it okay to plant it now? Yes, it is okay to plant it now. And again, if it's a pot-grown tree, so in other words, it, sorry to, to to put it in layman's terms, Trish, you, you might you might struggle with the name, but it's actually the the you know it very well. It's the pink cherry blossom, Prunus Kanzan. Um, you know the, the 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 cherry blossom that we'll all see in bloom during April and May. That's what we're talking about. So if it's a pot-grown specimen, yeah, you can plant it any time of the year. Uh, if it's a bare root, in other words, if it's been grown in a nursery and there's no pot, uh, you really want to get it in as soon as possible. Plenty, plenty of water over the next 12 months. As I said at the start, just make sure you stake it very, very well. Not a huge need for compost, but I would certainly dig the hole for the for the plant. Uh, and what I would concentrate more on is is breaking up the pan underneath that hole to encourage those roots to get a good bit deeper. So kind of even with a, a large crowbar or something, just try and try and break up the soil beneath the hole to encourage the roots to go down as opposed to sideways. OK, Elizabeth says, please, I could ask Peter, how do I prepare the ground for wildflower seeds? At the moment, it's just rough grass. Well, the best thing to do is to remove the rough, rough grass. You have two ways of establishing a wildflower area in the first instance, Trish. First of all, you could do nothing and just let what's there. So stop growing, stop cutting the grass if you've been cutting it and see what emerges. Now, if it's an area that hasn't been maintained or hasn't been, you know, mowed or anything, uh, and you just want to put in a new area of wildflowers, just remove any existing growth. Just go out there by hand and, and remove it, um, any existing vegetation. And you just make, it's important that the wildflower seed then makes contact with just bare soil, just fresh soil. Don't feed it. Don't, don't, put in any new good quality soil or compost or anything like that. It wants really nutrient poor soil or else the grass will just take over again. So 
that's really all there is to it. Remove the existing vegetation, scrape it with a rake just to break up the tilt, create a tilt, uh, and then put on the, the, the wildflower seed and concentrate on watering it. Uh, if it's if it's a, a soil that has had fertilizers and plant seeds or anything on it over the last number of years, you will see grass being a, 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 a bit of a problem as it establishes over the next couple of years. And bear in mind with wildflowers, two things. Number one, it's too early to put on wildflower seed yet. You're looking from mid-March on uh, Mar- until kind of mid-April that month and then again in September. But the other thing to really remember, Trish, it's a slow project. It's, you're, you will see colour for most wildflower mixtures in year one as annuals come into bloom. But then in year two, it'll be different because you'll get the annuals and biennials and some of the earlier perennials. But then in year three and onwards, it'll be quite different again as the perennials come into bloom. So it is, don't lose heart, I would say. If you're putting on wildflowers, it is something that you're going to give have to, to give a couple of years to before you see it at its best. And then and you'll, you'll, you'll have the benefit of it then. Okay, and uh, lots of people wanted to cut back roses. Is now the right time to do it? Get them done. By the end of February is always my, my, my cut-off date. I, I aim to get them always done by the end of February. So do, so but moving. even if you don't get there before the end of February, do get them done at some point. Okay, have a good week. And you, thanks And for we'll it. talk to you next week. Thanks for that. That is uh, Peter Dowdle, theirishgardener.com. That's where I leave you for today. My thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing. Nick Richards with you for the afternoon and we're back with you tomorrow morning at 10 onto the line Patricia Messenger. Court Very today good on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.